How's everybody doing? You're used to good morning, not how are you doing, right? It's like good morning, church on the rock, good morning, Rashad, and I'm not Rashad, so I can't do that. So uh, I can do that, um, but I'm, if you don't know, like, I'm, I'm a little less Rashad and I'm more me, right? Like, <laughs> I take that as you will. Um, you know, he's, he's like, ah, and I'm like, what's up? So that's me. For those of you that are newer to Church on the Rock service, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming. And those of you that are part of the Church on the Rock family, can you guys give it up for those that have just joined us this morning and decided to come here to worship and to make themselves a little more vulnerable, to come into a place that they're unfamiliar with or that maybe they're not super duper comfortable with. And so if you see a new face, church, Go talk to them, introduce yourself to them, make them feel more comfortable. And those of you that are looking at me and are like, what, who are you? Uh, I'm actually uh, Jonathan Woodring. I'm a, ch a church planting pastor in Plainfield, just south of, of Brownsburg here. And um, we have our, our services or our Sunday gatherings at 4 p.m. And so lately, especially with all the quarantining, we needed to see people. Me and my family have been coming here at Church on the Rocks service this morning. So um, we're going to be doing just kind of a one-stop shot sermon called Church Confessions. Confessions. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about what it means to be uh, vulnerable, that naked and unashamed that Rashad has continually talked about week after week and day after day, and hopefully you guys are, are experiencing that, not just on Sundays, because Sundays is not enough. And this, by the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is not church. This is a church service. This is a church event. But it's not church. Uh, Rashad has called it an access point. And I'm going to take credit for what I called it. And then he stole it. And I don't remember him giving me credit for it. But what I call the reunion. Like through the week, you're, you're talking to people that are part of your church and uh, you're, you're meeting together and you're having meals together and you're asking for prayer together and you're discussing God's word together. Maybe sometimes it's really light. Maybe it gets really deep. But either way, there is spiritual growth and discipleship happening throughout the week. And so by the time you get to Sunday, it's a reunion. And you're like, woohoo, it's so good to see you, right? Like, that's, that's what Sunday should be. Everybody's still just kind of staring at me, making me feel uncomfortable. That's cool, whatever. <laughs> All right, so trying to rev you up a little bit. And, uh, I mean... Rashad's going to watch this and listen to this, so y'all might as well get excited <laughs> so that he's on. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but that's what it really is. So before I get too much further, I don't know if that we got it. I don't think we have any kids thing going on, right? Am I right? I'm, I'm kind of winging it right now. Do we have any other kind of announcements, church, for, for coder specific? Nothing going on that anybody knows of? Okay. And then as was already mentioned, uh, there's offering baskets in the back as well as the don't touch me box. So uh, if you don't want other people's stuff to touch what you've touched, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of going off of what I heard the last couple of weeks. But if you came prepared to give, you can give back there uh, at any point during or after the service. And then you can also give online. So um, I know that Jason's not here. I know that Rashad's not here. Everything's a little bit different. And that's okay. Different's okay, right? And uh, really what needs to happen is we just need to have growth through God's word. So that's what we're going to do this morning. I would like you to go ahead, if you will, 
and look up Galatians. Galatians, specifically chapter 6. And we're, I don't usually do a topical thing. I usually stick to the script and just follow a, a section of scripture. And um, that's my preference in preaching. But there's some things that I really want to draw out. And these things really uh, fit together beautifully. God's word has so much in it. And so much of it just complements itself. That that's what we're going to be looking at today. And so um, the first thing I want to look at, and then we're going to pray again because there's power in prayer. Amen? Amen. All right. I just want to make sure you guys believe that. We're going to pray again over God's word and that he would speak to us uh, as we read his word together. And we're just going to see what it is that he has to say about our relationship with one another. All right. So Galatians 6 Verse 2. I'm just going to read this one verse. This is going to be kind of the central focal point of what we're talking about this morning. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I'm going to ask that you would read that with me, all right? We'll read it one more time. Ready? Bear one another's burdens. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Before we do, let's ask God's blessing on on his word as we study it together. God, we love you. We thank you so much for this day. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you gave your son Jesus for us. I thank you that it's through his law and not the standard which you have for all men that we are able to live by. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, we'd have no hope. We'd have no chance. We'd have nothing. So thank you for fulfilling the law through him. And then because of his sacrifice and because of his victorious resurrection, we do have hope. We do have joy. We do have peace. And we have something to look forward to. More than that, God, we have purpose in this life now. And I pray that we would live it out, that we would pursue it as we pursue you, that we would learn what it means to live life here on earth together, how we're supposed to interact with one another, how we're supposed to resemble Jesus in our everyday lives. We love you. We thank you for all that you do, and we ask that you forgive us when we mess it up. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so kind of jumping in, getting started, and unraveling this a little bit. Um, we're going to be looking in Acts a little bit. We're going to come back to Galatians, and then we're going to wrap up in James, okay? So we are going to be kind of all over the place. But I want you just to kind of track with where we're going and what we're talking about. And um, I've tried to create something that you'll hopefully help remember it by. Now, Rashad, Rashad likes to alliterate, which means he likes to start off each of his points with the same letter, right? So this is the propriety, and this is the passion, and this is the, per you know, all the P's, <laughs> right? And so uh, there's a lot of little mind tricks that you can do to help people remember things. And so this one is called... <laughs> DBC. Okay? It's easy to remember, right? Those of you that are staring at me like, this guy is ridiculous. Like, he's, something's wrong. Uh, no, I know it doesn't make sense. It would have been easier to say ABC, right? Like, at least that makes sense to us. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Why DBC? Like, couldn't you have used A instead of D? I absolutely could have, yes. I could have made it a little bit easier and made it ABC in that way. Oh, yeah, the ABCs. This is what Woodring talked about Sunday. Um, the reason that I didn't is because D, the, the word that is used for D that we're going to look at in Scripture, is too good. 
It's just too good to replace. Um, I could have used a word like adhere or align or something to that effect of how we are to give ourselves. We're supposed to give ourselves to the way of God and to God's word, right? We're supposed to give ourselves. We're supposed to adhere to God's word or we're supposed to align with God's word. We're supposed to be in alignment with. And I'm like, man, those are great words and everything, but if I do ABC, I'm just being cute. That's, that's, that, there's no other real reason. I mean, I guess to help you guys remember it. But this word is way too important, and so we're going to kick off with devote. Devote, right? If I devote myself to my family, then I have given my life to them, right? I'm, I'm trying to be the kind of husband and father that I'm supposed to be for my family. I'm working to support my family. I'm spending time with them so that I have a strong relationship with my family. How much more important to have that kind of relationship with God and God's people, right? That's who our family really ultimately is in eternity. I, I don't know my biological kids or my wife as my family. I know all of us as my family. Like, you're my family. I should be able to devote myself to you. You should be able to devote yourself to me. And here's the real kicker, and this is what Rashad's been on uh, for, for weeks, if not months now, is that you're to devote yourselves to one another. We're supposed to be devoted to one another. And so Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Verse 43. All came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling the... Uh, where did I go? Whoa, it switched on me. And they were selling their possessions, belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I'm going to stop for just a second. Are you guys seeing what's happening right here? They're devoting themselves to prayer, to the teaching of God's word through, through what the apostles were saying, to fellowship, which is things in common, surrounding yourselves together with one another for one singular common goal or purpose. That is what fellowship is. Why are we gathered together? Why are we here? Because it's a thing to do on Sunday to go to church, right? If that's your reason, you, you missed it. If your reason is because you need to be with your family, that's closer. If it's because you've decided that you have devoted your life You've devoted your life to God's word, to God's people, and to God himself through prayer. It says to breaking of bread, which a lot of, a lot of scholars say that references uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, and, and taking the Lord's Supper together. And as we go farther, further, we're going to see something else as well. And then to prayers. And this is a daily thing. They devoted themselves to the teaching, not weekly, not on Sunday morning when they had to go to synagogue, not on Sunday morning when you had to come into this garage building, daily. 
If I woke up and told my wife, I love you, good morning, and gave her a kiss once a week, that's the kind of relationship I get to have with my wife, right? That's it. It's a once a week relationship. It's not very strong. There's not a lot with it, right? Why is that any different with your church family? If you see them once a week, how can you be expected to have much of a relationship with them when all you do is say, hey, once a week, and say, how's work going? Nice weather we're having. Right? What happens when we know each other's issues? What happens when we know each other's problems? What happens when I can say, man, I can pray for that. I'm sorry. I can't even imagine the struggle you're going through. What what happens in those moments? Who, who is it in this church that you have that kind of relationship with? Here's where the danger is for me to preach something like this is I get to go home. This, this is an extension of my church family, but I, I go to Plainfield after this. I'm not going to be up here again next week. I might not show up next week at all because you might not let me in. But either way, like, I get to leave and I don't have to worry about it. But here's the reality is I don't know everybody here. I don't know everybody's stories. Not really my responsibility other than like Christian brotherly love, right? That is a pretty heavy responsibility. But as far as as a pastor, as a leader, I, this church body doesn't fall under my jurisdiction, so to speak, right? I'm not held accountable for this body. And yet there are people in this building right now who I know some of the stuff that you're going through. I know family issues that some of you are dealing with because we've talked about it, not because anybody else has told me about it, but because we have that relationship. I know some of the physical things that you're going, I just, I was talking to Clinton earlier. Clinton gets picked on every week. Why should that change? So we're going to do that. <laughs> but had a knee injury this past week. We were just talking about playing ball and stuff like that. And he's been trying to get me to play and He's out of commission now. He can't play. How do I know that? Because I spend time with this man. I talk to him on the phone. I, I, every time I see him, even when I do show up on Wednesdays or Sundays, whatever day today is, whenever I show up, I come over here and I talk and I'm like, hey, man, how's things going? How's the family? And we get specific and we talk about life and we talk about struggles. And one of your, both of your pastors I know very well. I've known Jason for 20 plus years. Thank you. That's really the only reason I said it, was so that somebody might apologize. <laughs> no, I've known Jason. I know the man's heart. I, I understand why he's the guy in charge of children's ministry. I get that. That makes total sense to me. I talk to Rashad multiple times a week. Because we have that brotherly connection and we have devoted ourselves to one another. And... It's not like I have a whole lot of other stuff in common with these guys. Yeah, we have some of the same interests, but ultimately the greatest similarity in our lives is we have Jesus. And we're trying to devote ourselves to him. Are you devoting yourself to one another? Let's keep going. Could you guys uh, throw 46 back up there? Day by day, attending the temple together. Day by day. You see that? You catch that? Day by day. Not week by week, not Sunday by Sunday, day by day. Day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. Okay, now that's a little bit different. We talked about the breaking of bread was something that they shared in common, right? But now it says breaking bread in their homes. That's a meal, people. You, there's something spiritual about eating food. I don't care who you are or what you say. You sit down and you have a meal with somebody and all of a sudden 
you just start saying everything, right? It's like, man, this is good. Let me tell you about, <laughs> right? Because there's just something vulnerable about inviting someone into your home, inviting them to invade your life, have a meal with them, and say, my, my home is your home, my food is your food. Let's get to know each other. Let's spend time together. Let's break down some of these walls, some of these barriers. Let's get to know each other on an intimate level, being naked and unashamed spiritually so that we can grow, so that we can be disciples of Christ by discipling one another. I want that. I want heaven on earth. Don't you? And so we devote ourselves to one another. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Verse 20, or 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. He added to their number day by day. Isn't that amazing? What, what did that happen here? Added to you day by day. And some of you are like, that would scare the crap out of me. <laughs> because I'm comfortable. Ooh, there's that word. That's almost a bad word in Christian talk, right? <laughs> like, we don't get comfortable when we grow that means that we bring on more problems because people people got issues man <laughs> they just got so much in their lives and that means we're having to reteach and retrain other people to devote themselves to us. And that means that I have to let somebody else in. I'm closer with the people on the back right here because I spend every single day with them. And it would be easy for us to say, you know what? This is, this is us. Not the TV show. But this is our family. And we're going to devote ourselves to one another and no one else. Is that the Christ-like way? The Christ-like way is come follow me. Let me disciple you. Now go find somebody else to come follow me and disciple them. Now find somebody else to come follow me and disciple them. And it just keeps going and going and going. And we get so familiar with each other that we start, we, we cut people off. We get clickish. We say, well, I'm cool with Darius now. We know each other. We've talked. We're getting to know each other a little bit better. I want to grow and get to know him because I'm starting to get more comfortable with Darius. So let's build this relationship. And then a new relationship comes along, and we're like, don't look at him. Like, maybe they'll go away. And that's how we treat, that's how we treat people. We get to a point in Church on the Rock, you will and have at times gotten to a point where you're like, we're comfortable we're comfortable right here. We know each other. We can fellowship together. We can love each other now. We can deal with each other's crap. <laughs> but that's it. Nobody else. How are you supposed to reach the world if you aren't reaching other people? <laughs> that can't happen. That doesn't make sense. So not only do you devote yourselves to one another, but you've got to learn to remain open to devoting yourselves to others it doesn't stop you you can't you can't cut it off because once you do you lose your effect you lose your impact and the message of Jesus just kind of fizzles out if we're really devoting ourselves to the teaching of God's word we're going to continue to devote ourselves to the people around us 
it's amazing to see the things that that they devoted themselves to. They, they devoted themselves to the biblical teaching. They devoted themselves to one another through fellowship. They devoted themselves to each other in prayer. That means they knew, they knew what was going on in each other's lives. They knew what to pray for. It wasn't, well, I hope that they have a good day. God, please bless their day. No, they knew what was going on. In fact, we see this later in the book of Acts. Peter was arrested, he was imprisoned, and he was on trial, ready to be executed. And there was... There was a group of people together, and this is, this is not in my notes. This is just me going <laughs> freestyling, I guess. So freestyle preaching. You guys didn't know it as a thing? So these people are meeting in a house. I don't think they were having church service. I think they were just involved in each other's lives. So they're hanging out as part of the church. Isn't that beautiful? And they're like, Peter's in prison. He's one of our leaders. We're scared to death. We don't know what to do. I got an idea. Let's pray. And they started praying together. And as they started praying together, an angel of God came and just almost in a dreamlike sequence releases Peter from prison. And he ends up standing at that house in front of their door. And he's knocking on the door. And Rhoda goes and says, who is it? And he says, Peter. And she's like, ah! and runs away and goes and tells everybody that's praying. And they're like, no, no, like we're praying for him because he's in prison. And she's like, yeah, I know he was, but he's at the door. It's hit. I heard his voice. It was him. And Peter's still knocking. He's like, Rhoda, you forgot to let me in. And they go and they open the door. And, and, and I've heard a sermon about that a lot of times, talk about their lack of faith because they were praying for it. And then it happened. And then it's like, well, they didn't have the faith to believe it could actually happen because he's standing at the door. That's ridiculous. They had the faith that they prayed in the first place. It was a miracle. Miracles are things that don't normally happen. <laughs> That's why they were blown away. Not because they didn't have faith that it couldn't happen. So then they opened the door and then they rejoiced because God had answered their prayer in a positive way. And he had restored Peter to them. He had brought them out of prison. What happens when we're involved in each other's lives and I say that I'm going to pray for you and I actually do it and, and multiple people are praying for you and maybe even praying together, right, for a specific need, a specific situation, spiritual, emotional, physical, whatever, and you're together and you're praying and then God answers that prayer in some mighty way, whether it's the way you thought it was going to happen or not, like you recognize the answer of prayer. And in that recognition, you just rejoice together. You have something that, that just tightens that relationship, that makes you all the more devoted. We have to devote ourselves to one another. And when we devote ourselves to another, we run into B. So we got D is devoted, B is bear, and specifically bearing burdens. We're called to bear each other's burdens, and that's why we read Galatians 6 first, is because I want us to understand we have to be willing to bear each other's burdens, and to be honest, we don't do a very good job of it. We don't hold on or take on the burdens of other people very well, because we're dealing with our own stuff, right? And we're already screwed up enough as it is, and we don't need other people's baggage. So let's read really quickly Galatians 6, 1 through 10. If you're reading through a different translation, it might be a little different. You can follow along on the screen. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression. So we're already kicking off with sin, right? 
wronging someone else is what transgression is. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual or spiritually mature should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, not condemnation, not judgment, gentleness. You are judging them, but you're doing it in a heart of gentleness, love, right? Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Think about that. What did Jesus do? How did he bear our burdens? While we pause for just a second. What did Jesus do to bear our burdens? He died for our sins, right? Like he took on the sins of the world. He bore our burdens. How did I know he died on the cross, but how did all that happen? How was Jesus able, this is God, right? How did God die? Something had to happen. You know, how does something or someone die? I'm, I'm, I sound like I'm getting really deep. I'm not. I'm, I'm actually talking from like a literal physical sense. He was killed, which means he existed, right? So he's got a body. Right? So he came to earth as a human, wrapped himself in humanity, in flesh, for us. How did he bear our burdens? He became like us. Hebrews says he was tempted just like we are. And yet, he didn't sin. He bore our burdens, and that's how we fulfill the law of Christ, is bearing each other's burdens. For if anyone thinks he is something, and this is so humbling, and this hits me every time I read it, when he is nothing, when someone thinks that he's something, when he is nothing, he's lying to himself. If you think you're a big shot because of your job, because of your status, because of your wealth, because of the kind of family that you have, let's get real dangerous, because of the color of your skin. Right? Why do you think we still see people arguing on social media about that kind of crap? Because of how you feel about the political agenda in our world today. Like, we tend to think so much of ourselves for such little reasons. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Verse 4, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Verse 6 says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, which means your own personal desires, your wants, will um, from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. When we're sowing spiritual things, when we're sowing eternal things, that's what we end up gaining. And our life is more fulfilled. Our life has more purpose. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are, what? Of the household of faith. That's me. That's many of you, right? Household of faith. Don't stop doing good. Well, but you don't know what they said. Don't, don't stop doing good. But they said, don't stop doing good. But did you see what they put? Po- don't stop 
doing good. But they're constantly whining and don't stop doing good. Bear each other's burdens. They're called burdens. He doesn't say, bear each other's easiness. Bear each other's burdens. COVID kicked my butt. I, I, like, having, I like having my alone time occasionally, but I, I need to be around people, man. Like, I don't even have to be the center of attention. I just need people around me, right? And it just gives me something. It energizes me. It, it, it helps in a huge way. And so when we had to be isolated and we were told that we need to stay home and all that kind of stuff, trying to follow the rules, I, I got straight up depressed. Not, not like I think I had depressive thoughts or I was really discouraged. No, I was, it was bad. It was dark. I was down. I was questioning everything. Why am I here? Why am I trying to plan a church? Planning a church in a pandemic sucks. <laughs> How do you meet people? Am I even having an effect on people? I'm not the right personality type to be doing this. I don't have what it takes. God messed up. He chose the wrong person. That's how you know that it's, that it's bad when you're starting to say things like God messed up. And just bad, terrible thoughts. And, and, and I'll kind of leave it there. I think that your minds can probably fill in the gap. Guess who got to hear the most of that? It was my wife, Christine. The person that, the person that I have the, the most intimate relationship with, the person who knows me best, who I can be most vulnerable with. And the first couple of times, she hears me talking about it and hears my struggle and the weight of it, which weighs on her too, because guess what? She's bearing that burden. See, the reason that, that Galatians tells us to work things out on our own and bear our own burdens is so we'll know what it's like. That's what Paul is saying. Because it almost sounds like this contradiction, right? He says, bear each other's burdens and then carry your own burdens for yourself. The reason that we're supposed to own our own burdens, that we're supposed to carry our own burdens is so that we know what it's like. We know how heavy it is and we can say, I got through this, let me help you because I know how much it sucks. And so I'm talking to Christine through this depressive state that I'm in, and, and she's bearing that burden with me. And a few weeks in, you know, I'm, I'm trying to come out of this funk, but I just feel kind of paralyzed by it all. And we're talking again about it for the umpteenth time. I don't know how many times we had discussed it, but at a certain point, she's like, I don't know what to say. I'm trying not to just fix it for you because I know you need to express how you're feeling and where you are right now. But at the same time, I don't know what to do. And this is getting heavy for me, too. And she needed to call me out like that. But at the same time, she didn't give up. What would have been easier is for her to, to look at me and say, I'm tired of hearing you gripe and complain. Shut up. <laughs> she very easily could have said that. And where would that have gotten me other than feeling more and more isolated what does it mean to not stop doing good? It means to do just that. Yes, she's holding me accountable. Yes, she's calling me out and saying, look, you got to get past this. But she's not stopping doing good. She doesn't stop bearing my burden with me. 
as a church, you're a family, you're a community, and you have to be bearing each other's burdens. And you're like, but they've been putting up with this for so long, and I'm getting exhausted of doing this. Don't stop doing good. That's it. Don't stop doing good. Bear each other's burdens. And you're like, well, I don't know what they are. Oh, ask. You're a church, or you're supposed to be. You want to know what the early church, like when Jesus was around, looked like? Peter asking questions of, how much should I forgive my brother who's offended me? Jesus, could you teach us how to pray? Jesus, I would never leave you. I would never abandon you. Sorry, Jesus, I abandoned you. <laughs> Right? And that, that's the, the life of the disciples. That's the early church. And Jesus said it this way. He said, take my yoke upon you. My burden is easy. Still a burden. But it's a lot easier than the burdens that we carry around all the time because we can't put them down. Sometimes we need somebody with us that can help us let go. And they'll bear the burden for a while, but eventually they'll help teach us how to set it down and simply hang on to the burden that Jesus has us carrying. Now, if we're going to bear our burdens, that means we have to confess. This is the one that hurts. Church confessions, you need to be bearing each other's burdens, but if you're going to bear each other's burdens, that means those of you who have burdens have to confess them to the people around you. And that's what's really, really difficult. James 5, 13 through 16. I'm just going to try to breeze through this. Is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone among you suffering? Not a rhetorical. Let's go. Anybody suffering? I don't care how big or small you think other people are going to think. If you feel suffering in your life, anybody suffering? What's it say? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Cheerful moments this week? This morning? Beautiful. Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's wonderful, isn't it, to know that people can pray on your behalf? And when they pray on your behalf, God's grace pours out. That is amazing. It's, it's not because they're any, anybody super special. It's not because they're a priest or a prophet or anything like that. It's because they're a child of God lifting up their brother or sister. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Confess your sins to one another. You know what's probably causing the sickness in a lot of us? Those stomach aches, those, those ulcers, those headaches, and things like that. What, what do you think causes that when we got something in our life that, that is messing with us? What is it? Stress. Stress. Over what? Our actions, most likely, right? 
Either we're trying to carry the weight of the world, which is not meant for us, or we're carrying our own shame and guilt. And it's stressing us out, and it's creating a sickness, a physical ailment in our body. And we're like, I just feel sick. And then the root of the problem isn't that we got some crazy chronic illness. It's that we got something in our lives that we can't shake. And maybe it's a sorrow or a struggle, as we read. Maybe it's it just maybe it is a physical chronic illness or maybe it's sin in your life that you haven't let go of that you have guilt over because you know better but how do you get past that if nobody else knows you just keep pretending right everything's cool everything's fine Ugh. i'm so holy i'm so righteous oh man my head hurts you know like tired of playing this game but if i could just confess how many how many have seen hamilton so far now that it's on disney plus okay the rest of you y'all got to catch up rashad's watched it like every day this week and he's going to be quoting it or referencing it every week for the next six months so watch it you know carve out two and a half three hours and just it's and it's incredible and totally worth it but um, those of you that either have seen the musical or maybe just know history itself, the Reynolds pamphlets, where, where Hamilton basically just publicly displays that he had an affair, right? Six years ago, I had this affair with this woman, and that's why there's this discrepancy in my finances and all that kind of stuff, because I had to pay off her husband, and like, it's crazy, one of the first sex scandals in American history, public sex, like, it's it's ridiculous, and, and the musical references it and everything like that, but he publicly, openly announces it, and there was freedom all of a sudden. The, the accusations that were being made against him, most of those just dropped because he's like, nope, this was my life. This is, I'm being transparent. I'm confessing. And all of a sudden, he was free from that guilt and shame and the accusations and allegations that were being made against him. But it still damaged his relationship, right? There still had to be reconciliation. Something had to fix the brokenness. And then you learn through the musical and in real life, that happens. He and his wife reconcile. They come to terms and she actually, she's the reason for his legacy. It's incredible. Go watch the musical. It's, it's definitely worth it. But that's all romanticized and dramatized and beautiful and everything, right? So let me just be raw and real with you. You're not my church. This is really difficult for me to do. Um, because it just is a bad part of my life, my personal life. And there are young people in this room right now that haven't heard this, that are about to hear something about their dad that They've never experienced. But about eight years ago, my wife asked me a question as she was reading through some stuff and, and dealing with some things. And we had had our, li our last child. And she had been reading some statistics on pornography. And so she asked me if I ever struggled with it. I could lie and keep carrying the weight of that shame, or I could tell her the truth and deal with the shame. 
So I told her the truth. I'm like, yeah. And she said, when? Has it ever been when we were married? Yeah. It wasn't really an addiction. It was more just an infatuation. It wasn't something I had to have, but it was more a momentary thing where I'd run to it here or I'd go to it there and it was sporadic, but it was not just a singular incident because that's not the way that pornography works, right? And I'm like, what's going to happen in my relationship with my wife? What's going to happen in my ministry? Because I'm a pastor. What happens next? And it broke her, understandably. She felt cheated and betrayed and just hurt. And I had to carry that hurt with me. And now that was a new level of bearing a burden that I created for her. And she stuck with me through it and she was angry and I dealt with that anger and I embraced the anger because it was my fault. And she forgave and then she would get angry again and we would just go through that cycle and she would give me grace and she wouldn't hold it against me. And it's something that I haven't dealt with in a really long time but it's, it's still a temptation and so she openly asks me, are you struggling? How are you doing with lust? How are you doing with temptation? And I know, I know in her gut, I know that it jumps up in her throat every time that she asks the question and she awaits the answer. So I try to be really quick with it. I'm like, I'm good. I'm doing okay. I'm right. I'm just, it's, everything's cool. But I do still share with her some, some things. I'm like, uh, this week was a struggle or this was a struggle and here's why. And, and that has drawn us closer and our relationship over the past eight years is closer than it's ever been. We fight better than we've ever fought before. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that when we fight, it's over something worth the fight. And we're fighting for each other, not against. And our love for each other has grown and our appreciation and our, our, our not acceptance of each other's faults. But our ability to overcome each other's faults has grown. And we don't push how to be vulnerable and we know how to be honest with one another. If I never confessed that, would I still, would I be where I am now? Probably not. Would our relationship be what it is now? Probably not. I still regret it. But God's redeemed it. <laughs> And there's beauty in that. We've got to confess those things to one another. And, and here's what we have to realize. You're not where I am spiritually. I'm not where you are spiritually. Ahead, behind, same level, wherever we are. Like, you're not me, I'm not you. And so we've got to keep up with each other. And we've got to just kind of slow down or speed up sometimes, right? And we've got to put up with stuff that we're not used to putting up with. i got a friend of mine that in, in Pennsylvania one of the best disciple makers I know. He just goes and he lives it and he teaches people, you need Jesus. And he does it with such this loving heart that people, they're magnetized by this guy. Great friend of mine. He's somebody that every time we go to Pennsylvania, I make sure I'm going to have coffee with this dude. 
I'm going to sit down. We're going to catch up. He's, he's just one of my friends from Pennsylvania. That'll never go away. And I remember one time walking into, uh, I remember walking, driving in a car. And he goes, what do you think about strip clubs? I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Are they okay? Are they wrong? You know, so on and so forth. And so he asks me this question. And we're in the middle of a conversation, and that just comes out of the blue, right? And he said, I'm just asking you. You're one of my pastors, but I feel like we've got a really healthy relationship, and I feel comfortable just being able to talk to you. That's what the church needs. Not just with the pastors, with each other. And so my response was, well, let me put it to you this way. Let's say that your wife wants to go to Chippendales, and then she comes home, and she's ready for some kind of action, right? But she's ready because she was at Chippendales. How does that make you feel? And he's like, ooh, <laughs> not good. And I'm like, and he's like, uh-huh, okay, <laughs> I get it. And we were able to talk through that and walk through that because of our relationship, because we were devoted to one another, in Christ. And yeah, I'm holding him accountable. And yeah, there's some judgment. But you know what? It's okay. Because there's the relationship. There's love. There's intimacy. There's vulnerability. If we're willing to confess those things, it makes it a whole lot easier to bear each other's burdens. We can't stop doing that though in church you cannot stop doing that you can't stop bearing each other's burdens just because it gets hard just because it's more difficult just because all of a sudden it's gotten too heavy for you too that just means that you need more people bearing the burden right i remember having a conversation with rashad and he said this was going to cost me sushi so i'm going to have to save up for that but we were having lunch together one time and he was talking about all the things that were going on recently and he was talking about how he was struggling and he was dealing with all the racial stuff on top of all the COVID stuff. And he's trying to make himself available to the community. And there's just all this back and forth. He's having to open up his heart. He's having to let people be real and raw with him. And sometimes it's painful. Bearing each other's burdens, that's painful. People are going to say things that you don't want to And he said, I'm just kind of, I'm tired of it. And why me? And I didn't even say anything. He, like, he stopped. He's like, why me? I heard it, <laughs> you know. Why me? Because Jesus, right? Why not you? Why not me? Why not help bear others' burdens? Because that might give me an opportunity to introduce someone to Jesus. And so what we need to understand as, as believers and as a church, if you're really going to have a relationship with one another, if you're really going to be a church, again, that's not this. If you're going to be a church, it's devoting yourselves to one another. It's asking each other questions. It's bearing each other's burdens and confessing things to one another. That's the only way it happens. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the, the worship team 
come back up and they're going to be doing a song and it's called Come As You Are and it's this idea of coming to Jesus as you are. But it shouldn't just be Jesus inviting us. It should be the church inviting us to come as you are. Because he's our example, right? We should be following his example. So we should be saying to one another and we should be saying to other people, come as you are. Bring your burden to me. Bring your sorrow and your struggle to me, your shame. Bring that to me. Come as you are. Let me help you. Let me bear that burden with you as we give it over to Jesus. So just, if you will, close your eyes for a moment and think about that. Where are you? Are you in a place where you need people to bear your burden with you? Come as you are. Church, if you're in a place where right now things are good and, and you're cheerful, praise God and then bear one another's burdens. And tell people, come as you are. I know you're not perfect. I know you've got stuff going on in your life. I'll try not to be shocked when you tell me what it is. But come as you are. Bring your shame and let's, let's run to Jesus together and let him change us. God, we love you and we thank you that you not only gave us your son, you gave us each other. And it is my prayer right now that Church on the Rock recognizes that, that you have given them each other to devote themselves to your word, to devote themselves to fellowshipping with one another, spending time daily with one another, to praying for one another to having meals and laughing and crying together. God, I pray that they would see that. I thank you so much that you give us people to bear our burdens with. I thank you so much that you give us people that we can confess ourselves to so that we don't have to hold on to the shame or the guilt ourselves, but we can release it and be free. And God, we do most of all thank you for Jesus that we can do those things with him and that he sets us free, not just in this life, but forever. I pray that we would run to him. And God, I know that that starts with us coming just as we are so that you can work on us right where we are. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll stand. Sing this with me, you guys. of sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come near earth has no sorrow the heaven can't heal earth has no sorrow that heaven So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame, all who are broken, lift up your face, oh wanderer, come home, you're not too 
Thank you guys for giving me your attention and letting me worship with you this morning and um, letting me share God's word with you. Rashad spent time in Galatians and then we talked about it again today. And so I want to challenge you, read Galatians this week and don't read it just to, to read it. Read it to apply it to your life. See how God can speak to you through his word this week and talk to each other about it. Share with each other how God is working in your life and how you need each other. God bless. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you'd like any more information on Church on the Rock, please visit our website at www.churchontherockbb.com.